Hello and welcome to Talking Schmidt. I'm your host, Eric Schmidt. And I am Greg Burmeister. And today's episode is brought to you by delicious Peter Pan Donuts, who remind you, always eat donuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today is Ed Larson. How about that? Hey, I'm excited I'm, about that. I'm, Ed, I'm, thanks for being here. I can fly. Yeah, I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a little bit of pixie dust. <laughs> Man, I love my Peter Pan donuts. Go to Greenpoint. Go to Peter Pan donuts. Thank you, Eric, for going out. And I was like, I'm going to go pick up donuts. You're like, no, no, no. 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 I'm going to get them. That it's, was very you're, sweet. You're our guest. That was very it's, nice. it's up to us to get you the donuts. Uh, thank you for being here. You were born Florida's largest baby. Yes. Is that correct? That is correct. How does that, how do they decide, like, what, it was mentioned last night, and you, you showed uh, the newspaper clip to prove that it is real, is mm -hmm. a real thing. Yeah. Uh, what, so you were, how, how, was, how much? I did, was 14 pounds, 13 and a half ounces. Holy shit. Wow. You can just go ahead and round that up to 15. Yeah. yeah. And Good uh, Lord. Yeah, were, you no. a, were you a C-section? A or? double D-section. <laughs> you've, uh, you've been asked that before, I see. Uh, but were you a, were you a, a yeah, that was C-section. Uh, my okay. mom, my I was mom. Say, uh, I don't think. I don't. Has, has anyone ever given birth to a 15-pound baby that came out the? I mean, the front maybe, door. Probably in Russia. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, you know they have, the, you know they have those big vaginas out there. You know what I'm talking about? We all know. They, they just know. take it. They readjust uh, their hips and like move their bones around like rats. <laughs> <laughs> they figure it out. We just we just lost all of our Russian listeners. That's uh, great. Uh, Greg knew the largest man. Yeah, he just uh, passed away this Very year. Uh, oh. Igor. He um, his name is Igor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he because uh, I grew, grew up in Minnesota and mm -hmm. he moved there when he was a, a small boy because uh, the Mayo Clinic is there, oh. one, of, one of the best hospitals in the world. And he had a tumor on his pituitary gland. Jesus so he, yeah, like, this he guy couldn't stop growing. Right? right? I mean, first of all, his name's Igor. Igor, yeah. yeah. He was almost eight feet tall. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man. So he, I hate, you ever see My Giant with Billy Crystal? Yeah. And George Marisol? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one thing that always stuck with me is like, you never see an old giant. No, no. Yep. Yeah. No. George Marisol <laughs> follows me on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. So shout out to you, George, if, yeah. you, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Love my giant, big fan, George. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So what? So you were born, and what? They, your mom reached out to a paper, or they, they, they? No, it was just I don't know how it exactly it happened, but I was, you know, it's weird news. It's good right. fodder, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. was uh, all over the country. Wow. There was even uh, there was even uh, in a German paper, and then people would find. Uh, my, they would just send the articles to the hospital and then the hospital like kept them and like so I got articles from like all different papers all over the country wow that's so wow. cool yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then I mean do you still hold that title or has, has there been larger babies since I then? think I'm like fifth now okay in I'm Florida's like, history you're like the fifth largest baby ever born there is I've been like trying to find like the real like number and like I, I would imagine I know it's been broken at least twice okay because people have like told me about it Right. But it's so funny though. Like anytime a big baby's born, like people just send me pictures of <laughs> your, it. And your I'm phone always, starts blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, "Pussy, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little tyke." You know, they'll be like, "Oh, it's a twelve pound baby." It's like, it's ah, nothing. It's not it's even, nothing. That's not even print worthy. Yeah. <laughs> where, where were you? Where were you born? By Orlando. Way? Okay, you were born in Orlando. Yeah. Did you grow up at all there? Or no. Okay. I, I my parents moved out of there when I was like two. We went to Pompano and then Deerfield and Boca and then. I ended up in Tallahassee. Yeah, right. Uh, well, let's go back because we rushed through a bunch there. Uh, you were you a Miami Dolphins fan growing up, right? The worst thing my father ever did to me. Oh, no. <laughs> well, back then it was okay. Back I mean, then, we made the playoffs. That's about it. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. So my parents, uh, they are not originally from Florida. They moved to Florida in um, the 70s. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, I'm sorry. They moved there in the, in the 60s. There weren't... There was no other team in Florida. There no. was only the Miami Dolphins. So even though they lived like in the Tampa Bay area, they were Dolphins fans when I was a kid. So they raised me to be a Dolphins fan, That's which like, at that time 
was awesome. So yeah, yeah. And no, Marino and Marino, the great defense. Yeah. You know, the offensive line was fucking stacked. Yeah. Irving Fryer. You know, we had all those uh, Duper and Clayton and Duper Clayton. Yeah, all for those sure. OJ McDuffie. Ooh. All those great. All those great uh, receivers. <laughs> the man. fictional Ray Finkel. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. fictional Ray oh, Finkel. My God. <laughs> Which is actually like kind of true. Because uh, it is based on a, based a real on, kicker, yeah, a real yeah, kicker, yeah. yeah. No, it was a he was a dolphin when the dolphins lost to uh, uh, the I think it, it was wasn't the his Redskins. name, no. No, 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 I know it was definitely not his name, and you know, it was just like that, just that was something that happened, yeah. yeah. You um, you mentioned uh, in another interview, I heard uh, your grandfather owned racing horses, yes, is that correct? Yeah, and you, you said like, you grew up on the track, which yes, like, yeah, you yeah. just sound like a lovable scamp from like a different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my dad, my my dad and my grandfather, we were at the track like twice a week. Yeah, growing you, up, and like I knew how to like bet horses and do like quinellas and shit like that when I was like eight. You know, oh, like, shit, that's amazing. <laughs> I haven't done it in like decades, but <laughs> well, good. Yeah, yeah. But, probably for the best. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, no. I would. He owned ten race horses. One of them won one race. Okay, that's uh, good. It basically, he um, squandered the family fortune. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> whoops! That's no good. Uh, I saw in the home movies. Uh, I, I went to the your your documentary uh, screening last night yes. at the pit, and it was terrific. How uh, America Kill My Mother dot com. Go yep. check it out. Go you check can it out, rent guys. it or you can buy it. It's very cheap, both under five. Hey, there you go. It, it was terrific, uh, amazing. There were home movies in there, though, that uh, you played baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I love baseball. Until how old? I'd say I quit right before high school. Okay. I was good, but I wasn't making the high school team. Right, right, right. You know, so yeah. it was, uh, you know, I, I, I was like an all-star, but like not, you know, I was, I was like an all-star, like only... I was as good. I was all right. Let me take that back. I we need to be accurate. I here. technically was not an all star, but I had better numbers than the all stars. Oh. My dad was uh, a, a dick, and he was the coach, and he would scream and let us see. You know all That's those good those, those little league politics. They stay with me till I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> You also said, and I can't remember if you said it in the documentary or if it was like just something you said, uh, you know, to the to the live audience there. But you you loved performing at a very early age. Yeah, was I, that now? What, what what like what were you doing? Was it like singing? Were you uh, acting? No, or? I mean, oh, I did some like high school theater. Okay, you know that. But like, I love always loved like I didn't realize it. You know, like I didn't, you know, but I always like I hosted things a lot. You know, I uh, it's it's something I didn't know I was doing comedy. Right, I was technically doing comedy. Okay, like, like um, I showed a sketch from I used to always do sketch whenever there was the opportunity to do my work or do a sketch. I did the sketch. Okay, you know, like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. And then I look back and like I had this title when I went to Olympic Heights High School in Boca, and I was Mister Olympic Heights, and okay. uh, which is like you get a new one every year, and like I hosted all the pep rallies mm. and stuff like that. And it's like, and I look back on that recently and I had like a 50, I was like, I was doing like, we had a huge student body. I was doing back to back shows for 1200 people, like an hour, you know, yeah. pep rally. And it, I look back and I'm like, I was doing crazy. <laughs> Way bigger shows than any New York community. Right. You gotta get back to that, man. Are they hiring at your high school? It was so. When I, and then, like, drama class, like, we would always, like, they would tell you to write a one act or whatever. Right. And right. then you would do it. And I would always, I always wrote mine and then I wrote everyone else's in the class, too. Right. And what, then, what year did you graduate high school, by the 2000. way? 2000. Okay. And I, I, I heard that you, you, you were at that time. You were living where the nine eleven guys trained. Is that? Oh no! So what? When afterwards, when my mom moved back to uh, to Boca or Delray, Delray, okay, Delray, yeah, right. is uh, there was a uh, one of the places where they learned how to fly was the Delray like air school, and my mom was using the library, uh, so it was like just the public library, the public yeah, library, because yeah, yeah. you know we didn't have enough money for internet and shit, right. and uh, and so she was using the public library and she uh, fully believed that she was next to the uh, the 9-11 hijackers at oh, the, no. which I think is just like her being racist okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to paint a loving picture of her throughout the rest of this podcast though uh, like, I swear it Eddie they were there they were there they were looking at me and I was looking at them I knew what they were up to <laughs> 
they researching at the library? I mean, it's probably just where you, I would imagine if I was going to commit a huge crime, I would use public internet. Huge crime. Yeah. <laughs> Noted huge crime 9-11. I mean, can you think of a bigger one? No. <laughs> well, this COVID business, I guess. Whatever. Whoever did this will pay. Uh, but your, uh, your mom became diabetic after you were born, right? Yeah, she had gestational diabetes, which turned into type one. Can, diabetes. can you explain? Because uh, gestational diabetes, a lot, of, it's very common. Okay, um, you know, a lot of people get it while they're pregnant, and then when you're not pregnant anymore, it usually goes away. Okay, uh, so like you can't have sugar, you can't have bread, stuff like that. You okay. know, and like you gotta, and if your goes too low, you gotta drink the orange juice and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, diabetes runs in my fam, in my family on both sides. And uh, when after my mom was six days after I was born, they're like, you now have type one diabetes. Damn. Yeah. Because she didn't look, I mean, like, uh, you know, and there's pictures of her. She didn't look like that out of shape. She didn't look like the kind of person. No, it's uh, inherited. Okay. It's not uh, you ate yourself to you or a piece of shit. You know, it was like her grandmother had it. Her, you know. It it wasn't lifestyle choices. Yeah. yeah. Everyone had it. Yeah. So, and like, I think pretty much everyone in my family ends up getting it. I'm just, you know. I mean, Lord knows, I probably already have it. We coax you over here with donuts, yeah, too. That was really that was fun. fun. I need <laughs> one last one. So you mentioned uh, you uh, were in Tallahassee, and that's where Murder Fist started. Did, yes. you, did you go to school there? I went to Tallahassee Community College. Okay. And I... Um, so, Jared, let me let me tell you what has been accused of you. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Jared <laughs> Warner, uh, uh, another uh, Murder Fist colleague, mm-hmm. was on uh, the last episode. Old friend. Old used, f- he loved his uh, long leather uh, coats. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, now he's going to have to come on and uh, face that accusation. <laughs> like a duster? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he had like three dusters. And he wore them all the time. He thought he, he, thought he was the, the watchman or something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, we can get back to shitting on Jared in a moment. Let me just verify the... uh, Sorry, Jared. Um, He said you were only in town because your car broke down there. Is that... My car broke... I was moving to New Jersey. Okay. Well, I lived in Tallahassee, and then I went home to help my mom because she was by herself. My my parents got divorced uh, when I was like... 20 mm-hmm. on my 20th birthday and uh damn it's yeah ridiculous. What? yeah right after 9-11 <laughs> like late, late oh, october man. 5th like, you're having a rough yeah, couple yeah, months yeah, there yeah, man. Yeah. oh i totally dropped out of school and everything like oh, i just man. like i fucking i was like i, I don't give a shit and all your mom's anything. library friends died that day yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> such a bummer oh uh, and um and so we i I moved home mm-hmm. to help her with the bills for a little while. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, you know what? I have a lot of family in Jersey. I mean, I'm moving to Jersey. And then, so I, I'm like, I'm doing this. And I grabbed my Ford Tempo and I packed it full of my shit. I'm going to go work on Seaside Heights Boardwalk. You know, that's yeah. the plan. You know, I'm a cook. You know, that's what I do. I was like, that sounds like a fun place to cook. I'm 20 years old. You know, let's, right. let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And I got two hours out of town and my radiator split in half. Jesus. And, Yeehaw, and you need that. Yeah. And Yeehaw Junction. I don't know if you've yeah, ever heard Yeehaw of Junction. Yes. Yeah. And that's not cheap. No. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. And I had no money. I had like yeah. enough money for gas to get to my aunt. And then I started work on Monday. Like it was like one of those. Oh, you had a job wow. lined up. I okay. had a job. I had two jobs lined up on the boardwalk. I was oh, fucking, nice. I, you know, I'm cuck Man, imagine if that radiator hadn't broken, though. I know. I would, yeah. I would go. I would be a fucking 400 pounds making elephant ears <laughs> in goddamn Tom's River, you know? <laughs> but, um, so your car breaks down. You're car stuck, breaks, in, t- stuck in Tallahassee. I'm stuck in Yeehaw Junction. Oh, you're right. And I had to do... Uh, I didn't have enough money for them to fix it. I didn't know what mm-hmm. to do. I was just completely stuck. Uh, and I talked to a couple of my friends in Tallahassee because I have a lot of close friends there from high school and they loaned me some money and so I can get my radiator fixed. I'm like, all right, so I'll move to Tallahassee because first of all- I got to pay all these assholes back. I got to pay all these people back, but also like- I only had enough money to get to Tallahassee. Yeah. Like, and so I was like, just out of money. Like, once it got fixed, oh man, they loved it. Was I broke down in like the perfect place for them to just completely fuck me over. Yeah. 50 miles from any repair shop in any direction. Oh. And I had, that's like, so they just had it and I had to like stay at this horrible hotel that was like, they like put a bunch of, 
they they fed like all the roosters in front of my door, oh, like no. just so I could like because I'm you know from out of town. You know, I went and hung out at their bar all night and like tried to talk to them and be nice, and they got mad when I put on the Eagles. And, and, uh, <laughs> But a truck, <laughs> but a tractor trailer drove th- drove through that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, uh, a couple uh, like a year and a half ago. So it's, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, it's, just it's, destroyed uh, yeah. on yeah, purpose, man. or no? I think it was just like it was the nine eleven guys again. <laughs> <laughs> Back to their old tricks. I don't care. How, I don't want to. I don't want to learn how to stop this truck. <laughs> they did a training course. You know. <laughs> they went to trucking school. We don't need to learn how to stop. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I just moved to Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, got three jobs. Started selling weed. And uh, that's a, that's the fourth job, I guess. Yes. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And that was. Uh, it was great. Uh, I loved it. It was, uh, and then I decided to stop going to school because uh, I was skipping class to go to work. You right, know, I right. couldn't. I had. I couldn't afford my books, so it's like I'm just sitting What's there the like point? a fucking idiot. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you just have a piece of paper in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> no books. Were any of the people who loaned you the money to get to Tallahassee any Murderfist people? No. Okay. This is like before me and Murderfist became buddies. Okay. I was like um, one of the guys who I went to high school with, Tim Dean. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know Tim. I know Tim. And uh, we went to high school together. I know Tim since like seventh grade. And he was in Murder Fist at the time, which mm-hmm. it was called like uh, "Girls Aren't Funny." And, oh man, uh, glad you changed that name. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there was a bunch of girls in the group back then, so it was like fine. <laughs> but then they all graduated, and like I joined, you know. So yeah. it, was like, it was like we have to change this name. <laughs> yeah. Man. So my first meeting in the group, we changed the name to Murder Fist. I don't. I, I, I don't know if we've set up. Uh, I mean, if uh, listeners, I would imagine would know Murder Fist is a very popular sketch comedy. Oh uh, man, no one troupe. remembers us. No, yeah. no. Well, they would remember from the last episode Jared was on, hopefully. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't have to remember that far back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so when did you... So that's so Tim was your connection. To Tim them. was my connection. Um, they were throwing like a big show when they had the old name mm-hmm. in uh, in Holden's uh, driveway. Holden McNeely? Holden McNeely uh, from Roundtable Gentlemen mm-hmm. and all that, and, you know, uh, page six and all that, page seven rather. Right. And uh, and so he, he, him and John Moreno from Murder for uh, they threw a uh, they, they threw a big show in whole. I was, I was watching it and I was like, I need to do this. And they played like a short film I had made uh, in community college, which you know turned out was just about me and my friends playing tackle football. You know, but it was just like how. We, and so it was it was a trailer for a movie, but it went right. well. And I was like, okay, I really want to do this. And then one day, John Moreno was just like, all right, you're in the group. Wow. Yeah, it was one of those. That was so nice. And so I was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just working at Hooters. Right. So selling weed. (laughs) So you guys perform. I mean, honestly, that sounds like the dream, actually. You're living in Tallahassee. You're working at Hooters and you're selling weed. That's that's the American dream, I think. It was. And doing Murder Fist. Yeah. Doing monthly shows. And doing weekly shows. Right. What was the bar that you guys? Brothers. Brothers. um, It it was the only place that had a stage with lights. Okay. Because they did, what, burlesque or something there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 burlesque or you know, just uh, you know, drag shows and okay. shit like and that. Anything that needed a stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like everyone else in Tallahassee could you know give a shit. Right, right. You know, it's, and we weren't getting into any of the rock and roll clubs or anything like that. We were just a bunch of theater. Now kids. I bet you could. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to go back. To, I haven't been to Tallahassee in so long. I would love to fucking go oh, back there with Murder for Make that documentary. Yeah, make that documentary next. That'd be terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys, as you guys graduated, you would move to New York, right? Yeah. We all decided we all <clears throat> we all went out to a park and we decided where we're going to move. Are we going to go to Chicago, Atlanta, L.A. or New York? And we chose New York. Ooh. I was all about New York because my whole family was in Jersey and I yeah. got to go be by them again. And then it was easy convincing my mom to actually move up to Jersey uh, when I moved to New York. I was like, all right, well, I'm an only child. You're divorced. You know. Come on, we're going. And, okay. Yeah, and we drove. That was a long drive. Right. Uh, I drove from Boca to New Jersey with my mom. You just wanted her to live closer to you, or was there like yeah. a, was there like you got to get out of Florida thing? Cause... No, that wasn't really you got to get out of Florida thing as much as you know you're going to be alone down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I was in Tallahassee, it was a long drive, but I was still close enough to get to her. Right. You know, because she was you know had the diabetes and all that stuff, and was you know she always had money problems, and so. Uh, I was like, 
know, you know, and her aunt and her sister lived in Tom's River. And I was like, just go move to Tom's River. It's two hours from New York. We'll be fine. Yeah. And then it, uh, it went well. Yeah. Um, you started doing stand up and sketch when you first moved here? Or? Yes. Okay. And, yeah. then, and then I think you mentioned to me last night. I actually didn't know this until you told me last night that you... Uh, you decided, you know, the sketch was just going so much better. Yeah. That you were like, why am I, why am I doing both here? I can just do the I one. I was a and... very mediocre stand-up. Okay. Like, and that's like being complimentary. Okay. And, uh, and so, and I was banging my head against the wall. And my cousin, Jeff Ross, uh, who's, a, I didn't know him uh, my whole life because my dad was kind of a dick. Right. And when I, when Murder Fist decided to move to New York together, I hit him up on MySpace. I'm like, hey. I'm your cousin. Uh, and He's like, yeah, I get all these messages like yeah. this. <laughs> Pro- prove it. Well, I, I, hey, I, I'm I, your I, cousin. I'm pregnant. It's yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did called him by his real last name. Oh, yeah, there we so go. Good knew. move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lift Schultz, and uh, which well, is now supposed, everyone knows which this. is supposed to be my last name too, but my dad changed it. Oh, Larson is my grandfather's stage name, who was a saxophone player. Oh. Herb Larson, go check it out. Sax appeal. Herb Larson. Herb Larson. Sax appeal. Sax appeal. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. <laughs> I love a good saxophone. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. It's like half acid jazz. The, uh, but, uh, so, so you hit up your cousin on MySpace. I hit him up on MySpace. I'm like, I'm your cousin. I'm not asking for anything, but it'd be really nice to meet you and talk to you and pick your brain about comedy. I'm doing comedy. And, like, and so he, and I left my number and he, just blindly called me back two days later. Wow. And then he's like, I'm playing Caroline's this weekend. You want you to come hang out? And I was like, all right. All right. Yeah, this sounds great. And I was so excited. So I went, I went to Caroline's. We, uh, I watched, he had Lisa Lampanelli was opening for oh, him. Oh, wow. Holy and, shit. And uh, Morgan Murphy was the host. Wow. <laughs> it was That's really, great. it was a really good lineup. And I just remember sitting there in the uh, green room with uh, Lisa and she's like running her jokes with me and like like it was it was a totally surreal moment yeah and then uh, and Jeff was just so kind like immediately and so nice and then we went and um, and then after the show he's like you want to come down to the cellar I was like sure you know and then he, he like put me at the fucking big boys table and like I sat there and I talked to Louie all night holy shit yeah, wow. yeah. and That's... then like and but this is like when he was had his like first show remember that that like Life with Louie or something like yeah, that yeah, that yeah. was yeah, on HBO yeah, yeah. and then like Jim Norton was at the table and Earthquake it was the coolest and <laughs> like I, I fucking lost my mind <laughs> and uh, I just talked to Louie till four in the morning and he was just so kind and nice to me. Yeah. And uh, it was, um, I was starstruck and I was, you know, I was like, oh my God, it's like, this is my life. I'm doing this. That's so cool. Yeah. You started writing for the roast too, right? Yes. Yeah. You still, you still do that? I, oh yeah. Oh, Whenever awesome. I work, me and Jeff, I run Jeff's company. Uh, cool. So anything Jeff does, uh, I'm writing it. I'm working on it. Sorry about that. No, no worries. Very man. unprofessional. That's probably, yeah, it's probably, it, it, it's probably Jeff, you know? And... <laughs> oh my Lord. Yeah. It's like, stop talking. Talking about me. <laughs> you don't write these jokes. I'm these jokes. <laughs> uh, Murder Fist always had great uh, comedians like open for you guys, and then also participate in in the sketches. That's what yeah. I remember from you guys those days. Uh, who were some of your favorites to work with? I mean, we used to have this show at Pianos called, uh, we called it Pinata. Uh-huh. And at the end of every show, we'd, whoever the headliner was, uh, would break the Pinata. And I remember one of the shows, it was the craziest. It was Murder Fist, Hannibal, Pete Holmes. Holy K- shit. K- Kumail and Ali Wong and, and Kurt Braunohler. And that was, that was the lineup for that show. And then at the end of the show, uh, uh, Kumail broke the pinata. It was great. And like, and it was, uh, and the murder fist closed it. And like, it's, it's just after, you know, after him. And so it was just like a wild fucking time. And like, you know, cause we got very fortunate. We were put on this show. Oh, what was that place called? It was like a sound fix. It was called sound fix. It was a record store. And in the back, they had a bar and every Tuesday they would do an open bar and a comedy show and murder fist would do it every other week. And we met pretty much every comedian, right? you know, like, and it was, you know, they, and they, and we always crushed cause we were so loud. I mean, like sometimes we we're too drunk to perform, but like we usually, <laughs> but like sometimes like usually we fucking destroyed and, uh, it got us in good standing with the standups and, you know, we're all theater kids, you know, but right. we don't get along as much with the sketch and improv scene right. as we got along with the standups. We like taking out with the standups and I was I'd like, I remember having an epiphany one day and be like, Hey, 
why don't we just only do stand-up shows in our own shows because there's no competition at all. <laughs> good, good, good move. Like, yeah, so, it worked out. Yeah, and so for a decade, it was either us or Reggie Watts closing out these big shows. Oh, man. And like so we always got to perform with huge audiences, and we were the, the closing act. And also we were, and if there was a smaller show, we would just get booked because, you know, there were 13 of us, and we were the audience. Did you feel, <laughs> when you guys would do Sketchfest, did you feel like the other, like, like you said, like you didn't really, you know, get along with, I guess, the other, the, you know. I mean, it's not that we didn't get along. It was just, I mean, first of all, we were all too big for our britches. You know, I look back and there's so many things that if we would have just like not been so punk rock, it probably would have helped us out a lot. That was part but, of the appeal, though. Yeah, I think it was yeah. a huge part of the appeal. Yeah, actually, yeah exactly. You know, so, you know, I think you I think you made the right choice, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. And But I, you know, I definitely miss doing sketch so much. But yeah, the well reunion. Oh, for sure. It was 20 years soon. And we're, yeah. we're going to do a 20 year reunion show in two years. I don't know where or when or how, but we've all like Tallahassee. Yeah, we should do Tallahassee. Br- brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. If Brothers is nothing would make me happier. I would travel for that one for oh my sure. God. Yeah. No, Tallahassee. We'd have to do New York, yeah. uh, L.A., and probably Chicago. I guess. What were some of your favorite smaller venues to do in New York? Oh my God. What was um, that? I saw you. I think the first time I ever saw you guys was at. Uh, that like communism themed bar or like the the red room oh yes i think kumail opened for you guys that night yes yeah. yes yeah no we yeah no we had the red room that's right because yeah the red room it was right above kgb bar kgb bar that yes. was it <laughs> but the red room is where we did the show yeah which is the theater right above that weird bar which seats like 15 people maybe but we used to pack that i know I, I literally know. like we used to bring our box fans from home because it got so <laughs> hot oh, there yeah it got yeah. Like, it was like literally people sitting on stage we would have 100 people in there yeah it was nice great and we did that show with um new excitement was the name of the group and rubitalia and rubitalia we're still friends with them and new excitement i mean they're i mean matt hobby uh and mary grill and you know know, chris roberti like they're all killing it yeah and we had such a good lineup and every uh every week we did that every month we did that show for a year and we'd always have a different stand-up host and kumail did it once and whole bunch of other cool people. Sean Patton and... Man, yeah, he's... Man, I love that guy. He was probably... He was the first stand-up I met. Really? Yeah. And uh, he was... uh, He... he, uh, Because I did an open mic and he was hosting it. And uh, I came on and I fucking had no material, but I just had like so much energy that it like crushed. Yeah. And... And uh, and and He does does a lot of that too sometimes. But but after I got off, it stuck with me to this day. He's like, he's like, you are what we call the enemy. No material, just like <laughs> just stage presence. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the last shows you guys did, he was there, and I overheard him say, "Like, is this going to be like an old Murder Fist night where we're out, where we're like up till six a.m.?" You know, and I'm oh just like, God. "Oh man." I hope so, but also, like, I'm probably going to go home around four. Yeah. You know? that's, <laughs> that's about, that's my limit. That's my plan. <laughs> Call it an early night. Yeah. Man, we used to throw these parties at Holden's apartment. Ooh, I lived there, too, for a little while, but we would, we would get there at, like, three in the morning, and then... 30 people would follow us from the show and like we were uh, it was magical we would do another show in the apartment for like whoever was there (laughs) and like we did that a bunch of times and Murder Fist was so much fun because it wasn't like we worked every day Right. We worked every single day. We were, you know, we prided ourselves in being the hardest working sketch group in New York. Uh, if we weren't, we, had, we were doing 12 shows a month uh, for at least five years in a row. And then we, if we weren't rehearsing or doing a show, we were writing. Yeah. You know, and it, just every single day someone got together and did something. And yeah. I feel like that's the only reason we were actually successful. You guys built quite a community too. That's, that's the fun thing about it. You go to a show that you see, you mm. see people that like you hadn't seen since the last one. And that, it was just always so special. You yeah. Know? So thank uh, you for giving that. To, of course. To New York. Man. You kidding me? Mm. Thank you for care- giving a shit. Of course. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's get back to the documentary real quick. Uh, sure. You got to show it at a movie theater that you went to with your mom a lot growing up. Right. Yeah. That was the part that like, by the way, uh, it's a very funny movie. Like I laughed. 
Mm-hmm. I laughed more than I like teared up, but I man, I teared up at least two or three times. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a very yeah. sad. It's a very you know obviously you know with the title you can imagine it's very sad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know I I got to show it in uh, the movie theater I grew up next to, like in the right like I used to walk there with my buddy. Uh, me and my mom used to go there. I remember I actually in the same exact. Like, because it's a movie theater with eight theaters, you know, mm-hmm. in the same exact theater that me and her double dipped uh, Christmas Vacation in. Wow. Like, we went and saw Christmas Vacation, loved it so much, we just went back in. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in, I got to show it in that. Does that even count as stealing? I, I don't think. Like, well, no, we bought tickets same, again. Right. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. no, no we totally, like, most people stay and just see a different movie yeah. for free. But you, <laughs> <laughs> you paid for the same one. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was it's a, it's a memory back in there. I remember where it was and all that and all the way in the corner and that's got, really beautiful that's and I got so... to show the movie in that it was in, but all my old friends who knew my mom growing up showed up and it got very emotional I could barely get through the Q&A yeah you know that's but, cool though that's that's really cool yeah. um, you uh, in the movie you sit down with Gary Johnson former yes. presidential candidate yes Gary Johnson yes um and then you you gave him a joint, or did you smoke one with him? Oh, after the interview, as like a nice gesture, because I know he's like very pro marijuana. Yes. And so, uh, yeah. I, so after the show, was, after the interview, was a nice gesture. I gave him. I had my. I was like a little treat from L.A., sir. And he's oh. just like, and he's just like, oh, thank you very much. And then I ran into him in the street the next day. He's like, hey, that thing you gave me worked. <laughs> <laughs> Six that wasn't that wasn't fake. <laughs> but it was so funny. We literally ran into him in the street, just walking around D.C. the next day. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah DC is weird in that way. Yeah. You run into, you're like, oh, there he is. Um, so you also sat down with the senator, I forget his name, from Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy from, from, from Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. That man is a, he's going to save all of our lives. I hope so. I, I love him so much. If you don't follow Chris Murphy, just go follow him. He is everything he tweets. He does not give a shit. He's not scared of anybody. He's not in anyone's pocket. No one's, I mean, no one's in his pocket, rather. And right. so it's, uh, he, you got just go follow him on Twitter and watch what he says because it's fucking mind blowing that some one of our leaders actually talks like that. It's tough, you know, because you feel like, or I feel like, so frustrated with just everyone. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter if there are, of course, you know, How could so you not like, be? yeah. So it's like, I, I when I when I watched, he did seem more so than Gary Johnson to like say more of the right things. I guess you know, well, but you yeah. can never you can never trust if that's. You know, authentic if they're just being nice to you. No, you know, he's, that kind a, of he's thing. a genuine article. Okay. No, he. he Do you feel that way about Gary Johnson too, or no? No, not okay. really. Okay. But um, <laughs> at one point, he's like, Have you thought about Bitcoin? I was like, Oh, Jesus Christ. What are we even doing here, Travis? Have <laughs> <laughs> you thought about Bitcoin? But we reached out to every governor, every senator, and those are the only people that got back to us. Well, that's really cool, though. And so I wanted to, you know, because I'm like, I got to go, you know, I got to talk to our lawmakers, you know. Right. And so and that's because I don't think I've properly explained how America killed my mother. Um, basically, my, when my mom died, uh, it was it was a complete disaster. It was very, you know, she was a brittle diabetic, but it was very sudden. And I was fucking furious. You know, I, I lost my mind because she had this uh, machine that we couldn't afford anymore. It was a, what was it called? It is a blood sugar monitor. and But it was, not, everyone has one, but hers was complex because it was like attached to her body. It wasn't an insulin pump. It was just a blood sugar monitor. Right. And um, it was great. You know, if like she like if her sugar dropped, it would beep and she'd know to like, you know, take some, you know, sugar tablets or drink some orange juice or whatever. And uh, but, you know, they her job switched insurances and they told us if we wanted to keep it, we had to come up with eight hundred dollars. And that might as well have been ten grand to us at that point. Right. You know, because I'm like making three hundred dollars a week. You know, she's doing the same, you know, so it was, you know, it was impossible. And then she ended up dying in her sleep. Yeah, because uh, the monitor didn't go off when her sugar dropped when she was sleeping. Right, and so it was just that's what happened, you know. And that's like not a unique story. Uh, that Sadly, is, it's not a unique story. Yeah, no, that's, that is you know the real problem here. And I feel and you, like and you probably didn't think at the time. <clears throat> I mean, you knew it was bad that they were taking away this device. I which was, also, like, how cruel can you fucking be? I mean, I. 
I told her, you know, she she was too honest. Like to be, you know, I was like, I was like, just keep it. Who gives a shit? Let right. them come for it. Yeah, you make know? them like, come for it. Yeah, but she ended up giving it back because she thought she was going to go to fucking jail. You know, like she's like, they're going to come and they're going to take me to jail. I'm like, they're not taking a little old lady to jail. No. You know, but it's she bad was, look. but she was terrified. Right. You know, and she was terrified that something bad was going to happen to her. And so um, she gave it back, and obviously it was you know one of the main things that led to her demise. Uh, so when I made the movie, I took her life insurance money and I was just like, all right, let's make this movie. I've developed this skill. I've been producer and writer on uh, all the Jeff Ross specials. Mm-hmm. The ones uh, we we go to a jail and we would roast, yeah, that we ro- roast criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we went to Boston and roasted the police and we went to the border and we roasted immigrants as they came over the border, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and we've done, you know, USO shows and stuff like that. So I was like, let me take this new skill that I have yeah. and, you know, Point in the right direction, you know, instead of just sitting on my ass and doing nothing and just being mad and stewing about this. Let me, you know, put my money, literally put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. And uh, and so that's what I did. And we made and then Travis's company over Travis Irvine, Irvine, the director and editor and producer. uh, He um, his company over by pictures uh, put in. I put in eight and they put in four and. You know, and so we made the movie very cheap. I, yeah. I, I paid no one anything, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it was all, you know, people were down for the cause. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those things. Uh, one really great part of it is uh, when you reunite with your dad. How long had it been before you had? I had seen him three times in 15 years. Wow. Basically, my parents wow. got divorced October 5th. Uh, 2001. Right. Uh, my, my 20th birthday. Yeah. I saw my dad like. Just like I said, three times in 15 years and uh, talked. I, I saw him once and I talked to him like three or four times. Gotcha. And so and, and, you know, and we I never really was mad at him at first, you know, because he did a lot of fucking shitty things. And I wasn't really mad at him at first until like I saw him with his new family. And then we were like I took him out to a baseball game. And, you know, and I, I remember just like sitting there and just be like, you know what? This really fucking pisses me off right. and I didn't realize it till I was in the situation because I like immediately forgiven him like bros are bros you know you you know you you gotta do your thing you know but like absolutely not right and uh, I realized that afterwards and we uh, we were able to reconnect he was gonna die he was a, also a diabetic um, he was getting an amputation and he wasn't gonna make it out and this is March wow. right before my mom passed away and so I flew out to Reno and we made up, and this yeah. is this is not in the movie. This is like oh, okay. this is like two years before what you saw in the movie. Okay. So I flew out to Reno. We kind of like made peace because literally I was like he was going off into the surgery and he was going to die. Wow. And so we and then he got the amputation went well and he came out and and he eventually lost his other leg and then you know and so it was just like a long drawn out disaster yeah but uh we had before what you saw in the he had never actually apologized that was the only time he actually apologized to me which okay. is what we what you yeah, saw in the powerful film. very powerful part of the movie yeah. yeah and uh but and then afterwards i mean now he like we're in a whole nother situation the same thing happened to him he passed away from covid um in january and the family like his wife, who's like the nicest lady on earth, mm-hmm. uh, they the hospital's trying to fucking get twenty grand out of her. What? Yeah, and like Ugh. he died. He actually like literally he had COVID. That's why he went to the hospital. Uh, but he, when he was there, he he was in the hospital for months. He had like long COVID, you know, yeah. and because he was you know di- so you know, diabetic and he only had like one kidney. He was on kidney dialysis. You know, like, it was like Jeez. the worst person ever. Like, yeah. I knew that if COVID hit my father, he was done. Like, yeah. I knew it, you know. And so, and it happened around Thanksgiving, and he like held out for like two months. And uh, eventually, uh, he succumbed to COVID, and um, most importantly, bed sores. Um, Jeez the the hospital was over it was understaffed. Um, and, everyone and in COVID, yeah, it was it, it hit Reno really bad at that time, and uh, there was like literally like beds in the hallway and shit. Jesus Christ, you know, and and all this, and the whole staff was not from there because all the staff got sick, and so there was like these like. 
I didn't know if you, I didn't learn about this until I actually met one of them. There was like COVID chasers and they would go to like towns that were like very infected and they would be the nurse, like people who've already had COVID and stuff, stuff oh, okay. like that. And they would go, oh, wow. they would literally like, she was like, I was in New York and then I went to Texas and now I'm in Reno. And like, it's just, wow. and like, so there was a whole bunch of people, but these, the thing is they don't know the system. And, um, right. and my dad went a couple days without getting, um, turned and he, he ended up getting some really bad bed sores and I, Fish, I think that's actually what took him out in the end. Jesus, what a terrible system we have. Yes, I mean, there's some heroes, like you said, that go around like that. But I mean, I, the doctor, like, I mean, I couldn't even blame him. Like at the same time, like because they're so overwhelmed. Yeah. So there was, I mean, it's not a good hospital when it's not when it's half packed. Right. You know, like it's so it was they didn't have a chance, and what they, they weren't set up to succeed, and it was you know it was I remember the doctor like we were like doing everything we can to keep my dad alive, mm-hmm. and um, I remember the doctor came in and he's talking to us and he literally like went down like he did that thing where like you sit down and your like butts almost touching the ground and you just like your heads between your knees and he just started crying. Jesus. He's like, you have no idea what I've seen every day. Like, it's just like, it was like, this is the doctor. Right. You yeah. know, wow. like, 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 it was a mess. Man, you know? the, system, the system just really failed everybody, you know? And, Absolutely. And, and continues well, to, I mean, you know? you know, it's it's not made for us. It's, right. It's made to, it's made for the, you know. Made to prop up. The 1%. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's made for people with lots and lots of money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, then you're going to be bled dry by everyone because you know it's not like it's like my mom I talk about it's not just you know the for the movie it's not just the 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 Medicare and stuff right. like that that ruined her. It was like every sect of society. Right. You the know, gambling, the casinos. The casinos, too, the loan yeah. companies. I yeah. didn't even get it's in It's very predatory. It. Yeah. It's all very predatory. Payday loans. My mom had like a bunch of those. She had a bunch of like random loans from different places like and like I, that I could never like even find her office. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was like it was really like everyone just when there's blood in the water. We live in a society right now where the more you get over on somebody the more successful you become right and that's just like the most backwards way to do things like that's not gonna the world's gonna end if we keep doing that right and that's kind of where we're hurtling towards yeah exactly you got the and she owed money to uh the casino i guess that uh the guy from the apprentice yes yeah taj mahal trump taj mahal he was he was partial owner uh when she passed away um the carl icon was uh the he owned 90 percent he was running the joint and he ended up becoming uh the financial advisor in the cabinet uh but when i went there the place was closing down uh they had laid off uh, three thousand workers and, and sold and he sold off their pension and this uh, was like this was like, was like october 2016 yeah this is like yeah, yeah so something like, like that Right as people are like, you know what? I like this guy. He's having to like his casino that he only owns ten percent of, but has yeah. his name on it is being closed. It's being closed. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You're not even a successful piece of yeah. shit. <laughs> I guess he really proved us wrong, though. But yeah, no. And so we we actually got the last footage inside of that place. Yeah. Oh wow. We were the last. Did you people. mention that in the in in the documentary? Or? No, I. You know, unfortunately, a lot of things that got left on the cutting room floor yeah. because it's a, we wanted to make it a short doc and you're, you're limited to 40 minutes at that point. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we had to cut out a lot of things that, you know, were very, uh, you know, very important. Right. I feel like, but like, you know, like my mom, like she passed out at Trump Taj Mahal and they wouldn't give me the incident report. Oh. And uh, they would, they were, you know, she had to like be taken out in the ambulance after losing Jesus. a bunch of money and shit. I didn't know about this till after she died. Huh. And, uh, and they would, they refused to give me the incident report because they were closing down in the month. They didn't give a fuck. They don't want like any, they're like, just give everyone nothing. Jesus. And so it was, uh, it, the, the whole, I mean, then you go outside of Trump Taj Mahal. And, you know, any of those casinos in Atlantic City, poor Atlantic City, it's just like destitute. It's, and there's cash for gold stores like right. across the street. So, like, you lose all your money, you can go, like, sell your jewelry and go back inside. Yeah. It's, it's so predatory and it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, what was your mom's job 
like because she was working up until she died. Nursing home uh, activities director. Okay, and she had a pretty home. like she had a pretty packed it, schedule, right? Yes, uh, she was working sixty something hours a week because uh, she would also like to afford you know to live to like, live. Good yeah. God, man! Yeah, and then she like she also like she also did a like home care. You know, under the table and shit, you know, and uh, and she would do that uh, just to, like make ends meet. But she did not make enough money to cover her bills. How much, so I had to yeah. chip in and stuff. It, like well, that. it's costly, right? To be to have something that again 60, wasn't her wasn't a lifestyle. Yeah, she had she was diabetic. Not 16, from lifestyle, but... $16,000 a year to be a diabetic. Just to live. Just to live. Something you didn't do to yourself. Yeah. Even, and even if you did do it to yourself, by the way, does that mean we get to treat you like shit? No. You know? Like, it's Absolutely fucked up. Not. But, like, especially fucked up, given it wasn't a lifestyle thing. No. You know? And a lot of things that people don't tell you about is... Every, as when you're a brittle diabetic, every time your blood sugar drops below a certain amount, uh, it gives you brain damage. And my mom's blood sugar was dropping constantly. And so she was getting a little bit of brain damage like five, six times a week. Like regularly. All the time for 30 years. So by the time she passed away, she wasn't really with it, you know, yeah. if I can be completely honest. Like, right. and, uh, and so it, but then I talked to the gambler, the, the uh, gambling counselor in Reno. And she said that she has noticed that in over 80% of her patients, they've all had serious brain injuries, like hmm. whether it was like a, like a car accident or something like that, but they're a concussion somehow or slip and fall. But there is a, she is, says that there's a direct correlation between, uh, gambling uh you know irresponsibly and brain damage hmm. and so and, uh, you know but there is no there's never been a test right no one's going to do the test right. you know the fucking casinos they they fund every politician yeah you know and so it's just like in this is like she's she's like i'm a gambling counselor for the state and i was like well i was like and she's like i've been doing it for like 12 years and she's like i was like oh so there's like a lot of you she's like well let me put it this way I've been doing it for 12 years and my uh, registration number is six. Oh my God. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so there's no one gives a shit. Right. No one, a lot of people who have, uh, are looking for help for gambling have to go to like Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and Narcotics Anonymous meetings because there's no one there to talk to them about the problem that they have. And then my mom, I finally got my mom in one at the church. Uh, but the thing is, like, fucking, it's filled with predatory, like, ex-gangsters and shit. Right. They're like, oh, how much money you got? Maybe we could go out. It's like, yeah. it was worse for her than doing nothing. It's so fucked up. Yeah. And so it didn't even, it was, uh, it, she didn't have a chance. You know, and it's unfair. Yeah. It's unfair to, like, because, like I said, it's, you know, or the things I've heard since I put this movie out. Right. The messages I've gotten from people and like what they've went through with their families and how they have to like scrounge for insulin and like there's like these Facebook groups where um, people with extra insulin like find people and give it to them and like and stuff like that. Yeah, my, my good friend Brittany Smith, um, her brother was 26 and he had he had diabetes and he was working as a restaurant manager in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and couldn't afford his insulin and I, I think he was kind of embarrassed to tell anyone and yeah. he started rationing it and, and died like shortly after happens. that. Yep. My mom was rationing it. Yep. You yep. know, and then you're taking expired stuff. You're, exactly. You know, you're doing yep. all these things and you know it's it's a very common way to, to pass away mm -hmm. and is uh in people we we have just as much diabetes in this country probably more than any other country i mean mexico is probably higher but like we it's it's untreated and yeah. it's like and it's not considered medicine right even though it's clearly the thing that you put in your body that keeps you alive right it doesn't make any sense. I think we could just do a lot better if we started giving more of a shit about people. That's it. And it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to give a shit about people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, some people suck and you don't want to give a shit about them. But like, I think overall, just try to be nice yes. to one another. You know? For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. Uh, you uh, you moved to L.A. When, when did you, what year did you move to L.A.? Four years ago. Four years ago. 2017. October okay. 3rd. You like it better out there? Yes. All right. Right, right well, before yeah. your birthday. <laughs> yep. It was great. I went and saw, the moment I got out there, we saw Chance the Rapper at the Hollywood Bowl. Hey. And then we went and saw Sturgill Simpson the next night. And I was oh like, we're moving, I'm like, we're moving to this town. Yeah. yeah like, it, it, New York but, never gets anybody good. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Sturgill, if you're listening, please. <laughs> oh, man. I would, um, 
you know, I wouldn't give back my years in New York for anything, you know, but I just. You're 10 years? 12. 12. And uh, actually, I think 11 and a half. But like, no. who gives a shit? Yeah, we'll, we'll round up. Yeah, just yeah, like we did with your yeah. weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, um, I wouldn't give back my time in New York for, you know, if you're trying to become like a new comedian, go to New York, don't go to L.A. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I. I did this down, you yeah, know, yeah, I did it hard. It yeah. was, it was left it, it out on the field, as they say. Yeah. yeah. And then I ended up, all the work was in LA. I ended up like the last two years I lived in New York. I would spend six months out of each year in LA working. And then I come back here and work for free right. and live off the money I made in LA, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And so it was just like, it oh. really makes sense to stay here. <laughs> I no, I don't blame you. Um, you, you have a podcast, the brighter side, right? Yes. The with, the, uh, with Amber Nelson, Amber Nelson, the brighter side. It's on the, um, last podcast network cool um we've been doing that show for like seven eight years uh it's you know, do you have it's, another one or just that one um well i mean i was on roundtable john right. of course and also we've been uh i did i got a, a podcast with jeff uh thick skin with jeff ross we're on a little bit of a hiatus but we're coming back in january or february cool on podcast one adam carolla's network oh excellent oh nice and yes. uh where where else can people find you what's your what's your uh, your twitter your uh, tunes um e-d-d-i-e-t-u-n-e-s underscore on twitter and just eddie tunes on instagram go check that out uh, i'm always on there telling you what's going on do you have a website as well or just the one for the movie no, just the one for the movie. I don't have a website, but um, I have started this like weird thing that I'd love to put out there. Please, um, I've, I love. I'm obsessed with music. Always have been. It's like my fucking lifeblood. I go. Yeah. To, I go to one concert a month. I made it a rule when I was 20 or like 19 or something. One concert a month, whether it's like a band at a bar or a fucking a stadium, you know. And so I I started this show. It's uh, I wanted to be a DJ, so I basically made myself i went to dj fantasy camp and i've been producing and making the show called the Eddie two-hour radio hour oh it's my google drive show because i could the, i put it on youtube and it was taken down in less than 30 seconds yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated yeah. to find out about this because greg and i share your passion and we've yeah. been trying to figure out ways to like we we, we did a public access show for a little bit where mm -hmm. we just played music videos because they're the, the public access is the wild west yeah. yeah you can just get away with it there. <laughs> that's so cool but yeah but that's 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 so, that's more, I think, the kind of thing we'd like. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Google Drive. So it's Google Drive. So what I do is, so hit me up on my socials, DM me, and then I will share with you uh, my Google Drive show. I got uh, six episodes done, and then I got three coming out like next week. That's so cool. I also noticed, <laughs> by the way, when I was uh, researching for this episode, when I type your name in, you have like proper Spotify play like you 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 put your picture yeah. in the playlist I didn't even know you could do that yeah, so yeah, like yeah. You, you clearly have the passion for it I do it? I yeah. do yeah yeah and also yeah follow me on Spotify uh, Ed Larson you can uh, you check out any of my playlist I put I do I go by mood or friend, you okay. know, like I make I make certain I make a, a playlist for my friends and basically everyone on the last podcast network. <clears throat> like Henry has his own list, and like Ben Kissel, and Marcus, and Marcus yeah. they all got their own. And uh, and then I do like for emotions. I got like my biggest one is a uh, I call it water park music. Yeah, I saw those. <laughs> yeah. I, I, saw, I followed all those today when I was like, looking at them on the subway. I was like, all right, um, you uh, when you guys would do my bar show, good for you. Mm -hmm. I remember. So Ian, who produced that show with me, Ian Hunt, and I are, uh, you know, textbook music Nazis, mm -hmm. control freaks. Uh, you guys would come in and you would play your music for your part of the show. Yes. And I was always very happy. I wouldn't give the control to anyone but you guys. It was awesome. And I discovered so many great songs. And then I would be like, who who picked that one? It was always you. It was always so, yeah, no, thank I always you so, the murder Thank you so music. much for introducing so much great music into my life. Fuck yeah, man. I Fuck love yeah, it. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> that makes me so happy. And Ed, I think we plugged everything. So thank yeah. you so much, man. Really appreciate it. That was so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much for, you so much by, for coming. Yeah, it's, thanks. It's, 